2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this emergency episode of the Pack of Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. It is done, at least 99.9% done. Goody just finished up his press conference. I'm literally flying by the seat of my pants at this moment to go over everything, but Aaron Rodgers is going to be a member of the New York Jets. The trade is all but official, confirmed by Ian Rappaport, confirmed by Adam Schefter, who I believe originally broke the news. And it is exactly as we've expected that Rodgers is going to be the quarterback of the Jets that the Packers are going to move on from their Hall of Fame franchise quarterback and I have never ever in my life been happier to tell you that I was wrong and I preached caution all along I preached caution all along I said hey don't be surprised if this is less than you were expecting if it ends up being just like a second round pick I said from the beginning I said I thought like a first round pick was fair but I said listen Pump the brakes. This is a huge contract. This is a very difficult conversation. This could go in a lot of different directions. And I've never, like I said, been happier to tell you that I was wrong. And yes, I'll start by saying, before we get into the compensation, this is the end of an era. And I am not, as much as I'm going to celebrate this trade for Green Bay, because I think it's a phenomenal trade for Green Bay, I do want to preface this by saying I have great reverence for Aaron Rodgers for what he's done as a member of the Green Bay Packers. I did an episode earlier called The End of an Era where I laid out all of that, basically was in tears talking about it. So uh, this is not to undercut anything that Aaron has done as a member of the organization, that he's done as a member of you know really a the, the community of Green Bay and of what Wisconsin. I have so much respect for all of that. So this is not a celebratory, hey, pop the champagne, Aaron's gone sort of conversation. I want to be extremely clear about that. But but this in my opinion, and I do not say this lightly, and I have certainly been um yeah, I've been supportive of Gute in a lot of the things that he's done, but I've certainly been critical in other areas of some of the ways that he's built this team. In my opinion, this was a absolute masterclass by Brian Gutekunst and what he was able to get in return for Aaron Rodgers. There is no other way to put it. And let's kick it off and let's just go over what the deal actually entails. Again, per Adam Schefter, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets along with Green Bay's first round pick, pick 15 and a fifth round pick this year, number 170 overall. So going to the Jets, Aaron Rodgers, pick 15 and pick 170. In return, Green Bay will get pick 13 this year. So they move up two spots in the draft to pick 13. They get a 2023 second round pick, pick 42 overall. They get a sixth round pick this year. So basically they traded away pick 170, got 207 in return from the Jets. And then they, the big thing here, they get a conditional 2024 second round pick that can become a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this upcoming season. This, in my opinion, is massive. You get the first round pick swap moving up from pick 15 to pick 13, which is huge in and of itself because that opens up more possibilities. And clearly just two more players that will be there for you, more opportunities to move down and gain more in return if you want to go about it that way. But that is huge in my opinion, in and of itself. And then you get a second round pick this year. And I'm going to be going over tomorrow on my episode of a bunch of players who are right, like classic Green Bay Packer types that are going to be available. And right in that range of the 42nd pick overall, Green Bay has a ton of players that they can be targeting at that spot. To get that pick is absolutely huge. You didn't know it going into the draft. The fifth, sixth round swap means absolutely nothing. You don't care about that whatsoever. But the big thing, again, is that you guarantee yourself a second round pick next year, which at worst is what, pick 64. It, that's a possibility. If the Jets go out and win a Super Bowl, that will be pick 64. But unlikely that they do it without Rogers playing 65% of the snaps. So you would think... That if the Jets do well and Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, it's going to be at least, you know, pick 32 at, you know, in the first round. And if not, like if he doesn't play 65% of the snaps, like they probably didn't do well. So like the probably what pick 50 at, at very worst on that end. And if all of a sudden the Jets with Rodgers pull a Russell Wilson from last year, like the Broncos, maybe that all of a sudden becomes a top 15, top 10 pick. I don't expect it to be that, but it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. We just saw it with the Broncos this past season. So all of these things are in play. I would say this is probably somewhere between pick 15 and pick 50 would be my like floor ceiling type uh, feel for what this pick will be next year. So that is a really valuable pick. And anytime you can get a potential future first-round pick, there's nothing to say. It it would be extremely unlikely that Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps and it becomes a top 10 pick. But we again, we just saw the Broncos a season ago have a similar situation where they trade for Russell Wilson. It doesn't work out. Wilson kind of falls apart and that offense never gains any traction together. And all of a sudden, it's a team that is not very good. And the Packers last year with this same quarterback were 8-9 a season ago. So it's not it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that this could end up being a pretty solid first round pick for Green Bay next season. So that is a huge part of this deal. And Andrew Brandt put this best. And this is why I preached caution going in because taking on a $60 million contract is not nothing. And as we know, at least as it's been reported, Green Bay has not taken on any additional salary in this situation, which is a huge aspect of this as well. Now, Green Bay didn't have much room to take on much salary, which should be noted here. They didn't have the ability to do so. They could have taken on a little bit, but certainly not a lot. But the fact that they didn't take on any is another key piece to this as Green Bay starts to try to get financially responsible and under the cap, etc. not just under the cap, but like fiscally responsible as they move into future seasons and can now operate under the cap so they can actually be active in free agency in future years and those sort of things. So not taking on any salary cap, a huge piece, but Andrew Brandt put this best. He tweeted, so let me get this straight. The Packers get A first round pick swap in 2013, a high second round or 2023, a high second round pick in 2023, a likely first round pick in 2024, a $60 million financial obligation taken off their hands for a player that was never going to play for them ever again. And it's true. Rodgers was not going to play for the Packers anymore. And he had a $60 million salary burden that was going to hit at some point and that the Jets will now have to take on. And they now get a, basically a, a second round pick this year, a first round pick swap this year, and a second that can turn into a first next year to get all of that in the biggest thing. And if you remember my famous tweet, I said, listen, the Packers could get a Joe Douglas fart in exchange for the for Aaron Rodgers at this point, and it would still be a benefit for the Packers. I a million percent stand by that. i never said that that's what they should get, will get, etc. I said this Green Bay will get value in return, and they've gotten more than that. But the fact that they got off of that contract, and he's likely going to only play one more season, and that the contingent draft choice is not based on him having to play another season... That he doesn't have to play into 2025, meaning that he can retire next offseason, and it doesn't affect the trade in Green Bay's favor or um you know, or like decreases Green Bay's draft capital in any way, is massive. So when I say that this is a masterclass by Goot, again, I will stamp this again. I do not say this lightly. I believe getting a top 50 pick this year, moving up in the first round this year, even if it's only two spots, and getting a second that turns into a first next year is a massive moment for this franchise. Because if you remember back, and I know it's not apples to apples, but Favre went for, what, basically a third round pick? Like it just changes the uh, everything. Like how Green Bay can operate in this draft, how they can operate fiscally responsibly moving forward now that they have that 60 million burden off the salary cap being able to go into this draft with another top 50 draft choice that they can fill another one of those gaping needs that is currently on their roster and having a huge draft pick coming to them next year as well. Listen, they didn't get the quite the Denver Broncos draft haul from a season ago. That goes without saying. And we can still look back and say, "Hey, maybe they should have taken that." I I would I would very much tell you if I could have gone back in time and you could have said, "Hey, you can take that Broncos draft haul at that, at this point in time, or you can have one more run with Aaron Rodgers, not knowing how it's going to turn out. You have one more run, one, one more run with Aaron, and you're still going to get a top 50 pick a for a second that can turn into a first, you're going to be able to do a first round pick swap. And like, you're going to get all of that anyway. I would have probably been like, you know what? Take the one more shot with Aaron Rodgers and see if you can finally make it past the NFC championship game. And obviously it didn't work out, but coming off of back-to-back MVP seasons and back-to-back-to-back 13 win years and two NFC championship games out of three seasons, you can certainly understand why Goot didn't want to move on a season ago. That was a very tough pill to swallow to trade away the back-to-back MVP. Should he have done it at the time? Maybe, and again, we can have that conversation. I said it before it happened that they should have done it at that time. But even now, like if you told me right now, hey, you get one more run with Aaron and you can see how it turns out. And if not, you can still get this deal from the Jets in 2023. I'd have been like, hey, you know what? I kind of just want to take that one more shot with Aaron. And I, I totally understand it. So yes, it's not quite the deal that he got with Denver, but this is a fantastic trade for Green Bay. And there's no other way around it. And this is, and I just want to put it in the proper terms once again. And the reason why I said be cautious for what Green Bay can get in return, you are talking about $60 million for one player for potentially one season. And I get that the Jets have to be all in, and I get that their coach and their GM are on the hot seat for sure. But Man, this is a huge pill to swallow for the New York Jets to go all in for one season with Aaron Rodgers, who is coming off his toughest year of his career. And yes, Packers wide receivers and and overall weapons played a part in that. Rodgers' health with his thumb and his ribs certainly played a part of that. But that tends to happen when you're a 40 year old quarterback or almost a 40 year old quarterback. Things turn to wear down a little bit more, and you end up a little bit more hurt, a little bit more injured. And again, you all of a sudden don't play your best when Favre got traded to the Jets. Those first, what, like eight weeks-ish were fantastic. He looked amazing. Had the biceps injury, could barely throw after that, and the entire season went down the hill from there. So these things happen when you get older quarterbacks. This is a massive gamble for the Jets. And I'll just say it one more time, a huge, huge win for the Green Bay Packers. So let's kind of break down this trade sort of pick by pick.
1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire.
2: That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. First of all, they moved from 15 to 13. That's important for a variety of reasons. A, it opens up more avenues. Like, let's just talk Jackson Smith and Jigba for a second. If that's the guy that you wanted, there's certainly a better chance that he's there at 13 than he was at 15. Yes, it's only two picks different, but with the trades that can potentially take place and people moving up and people moving down, now if Green Bay wants him at 13, somebody has to take him in the top 12 or move into into the top 12 if, if that's ultimately who Green Bay wants to get. I'm not sure that it is, but that certainly now, in my opinion, is much more in play. So if you were really hoping for Jackson Smith and Jigba, the odds that he's on the board when Green Bay selects go up exponentially. And if they, I've seen, I don't know how many people like report that teams have about 15, 16, 17 players with first round grades in this draft. If you're picking at 15 and you only got 15 guys with first round grades, you're only left with one and that's a better position to be in. But what if it's a quarterback? What if it's a running back? What if it's something that you don't like? What if it's a off ball linebacker? Like what if it's something you don't necessarily want or it just doesn't fit you know, exactly where your team is at? you know, now it becomes a little bit of no man's land. If you move up to 13 and you've got again, 15, 16 guys with first round grades, now you've got three to four guys at least that you're gonna be able to choose from that have first round grades on your board. And if you were a team that maybe had a little bit less, maybe you had 14 guys with first round grades. Now again, you're assuring yourself that you're going to get one of those guys. Or maybe Green Bay is, you know what? All right, we got two second round picks. Now we got a third round pick. We got our first, but we think if we move this first round pick back to like 25 now, we can pick up another second round pick, maybe a second and a fourth by doing so all right, that doesn't sound so bad. We can move back, get maybe one of the top tight ends in this draft, which I'm still not a huge fan of, but they can get one of the top tight ends in this draft, maybe at pick 25, and now you've got three second round picks to work with. Like that, that doesn't sound so bad. So I think this is gonna give Brian Gutekunst a ton of maneuverability, even if he doesn't want to stay at 13. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but this gives him a tremendous amount of options and it gives him more options than I think he would have had at pick 15. So that is a huge part of this. As mentioned, getting pick 42 in this draft, another huge piece. They are going to get a Packer player through and through. And again, tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be going over and identifying some Packer players that make so much sense and that I think are going to ultimately be like on the top of Green Bay's board, you know, kind of round by round. And there are uh, like five, six, seven players, like right in that pick 42 range that just scream off the page as Green Bay Packers. So that is going to be a position that Green Bay is going to get a player that I guarantee you they are potentially salivating over based on what they usually like to target. So this is a huge area of the draft and an area of the draft where I actually think is pretty strong. I don't think the top of the draft is all that great. And I think the first round is ultimately watered down a bit. I think that second, third round range is really the strength of this draft. And if Brian wants to move down and get more picks in that area, I would certainly understand it. But he just picked up the 42nd pick in this draft. And it's not going to be, I know some people will be like, oh, he might even be able to get a player with like a first round grade on their board. That's unlikely because, like I said, there's probably only 14, 15, 16 guys that they had first round grades on. But probably a premium player at a position of need that is going to be able to help this team right away and probably start rebuilding this tight end and wide receiver room, which is in pretty desperate need of some help at this time. So pick 42, a huge pick in this draft. They also get that future second slash first round pick. And what I'll also say here is that the AFC is pretty top heavy. You've got, and we'll see if Lamar Jackson ends up back with the Ravens, but even the AFC East, like Dolphins and Bills and um, Patriots, that's not an easy division by any means. Like you, you don't, if like all of a sudden things with Rogers in that offense don't click for the first four or five weeks of the season, like it just doesn't come together right away. Like you could be looking behind the eight ball before you know it. And that doesn't even mention, you know, again, teams like potentially the Ravens with Lamar. I thought the Steelers actually with Pickett looked pretty decent after he started playing a season ago. We'll see what they ultimately end up with. But Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the West, I mean, you still have Herbert and the Chargers. You've got, you know, the Super Bowl champs and Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like this is going to be a very stacked conference, a much better conference than the NFC is. And it's going to be very competitive. And certainly as a Packer fan, you're hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to play out the season and play over 65% of the snaps. Just, you know, I'm not cheering for, against that anyway, but now that a first round pick is at stake, you're certainly cheering for him to play more, but it's not completely unfeasible that he could play the entirety of the season. And that's a team that ends up eight and nine, nine and eight, and maybe even out of the playoffs and you end up with a top 20 pick next year. So that again is a huge win for Green Bay. So what we are cheering for as Packer fans, this isn't quite the Brett Favre situation. And it's a little bit unfortunate that it's not because you would have loved to have seen like, all right, if the Jets win, you know, or get to an AFC championship game or a Super Bowl, like you get a first round pick. This is better, by the way, but like as a fan, it gives you something to cheer for. And you kind of get to cheer for Aaron Rodgers. Like we got to cheer for Brett Favre as a Jet because if he did well, the the pick would improve. If he did really well, it would go from a third to a second to a first, etc. Like We don't have that with Green Bay. So what we're really cheering for, and again, I'm not going to tell you how to fan. If you just want to cheer for Aaron Rodgers as a member of the Jet and hope he does really, really well, I totally get it. Totally understood. But from a Packers standpoint, clearly you're hoping that he plays 65% of the snaps, but they do as poorly as possible. If they could go three and 14 and he plays 65% of the snaps, you end up with a top five pick in next year's draft. So if you're, you know, scoring along at home and you want what's ultimately best for the Green Bay Packers as you cheer this thing on, you want Aaron to play a lot and you want the Jets to do very poorly. That's pretty. That's as clear as it possibly gets because that moves then from a second-round pick, which it would be right now, because he hasn't played 65% of the snaps yet right now it's a second round pick. He hits that 65% barrier. It's a first round pick. And the worse the Jets do, the better that pick is. Even if he doesn't hit the 65% threshold, you still want them to do as poorly as possible. Cause if he doesn't play and they end up three and you know 14 or whatever, now it still becomes what the 35th, 36th pick in the draft, which still isn't all that bad. So long story short, again, not going to tell you how to fan. If you want to cheer on the Jets and hope they do well and hope Aaron has an amazing year, by all means, totally get it, totally understand it. But from a Packers standpoint, the worse the Jets do, the better. And the bonus is if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps or more, and that turns into a first round pick and potentially a top first round pick, not likely, probably they end up a playoff team. Probably he plays 65% of the snaps and probably Green Bay gets, I don't know what, pick 25, 26, something like that. That's probably the most, you know. You know, probably the the most likely range, I guess I, I will say there. But who knows? Like again, I'll say it one more time: we saw what happened with the Broncos a season ago. Anything's on the table, and anything could and potentially will happen as this thing plays out with Jets and the and uh, and Aaron Rodgers. And again, they could win a Super Bowl. Who knows? But that is kind of the the craziness of the NFL and the fun that is going to ultimately be this season. Meanwhile. Jordan Love is officially the starter for the Green Bay Packers and will now take Reigns over officially. Green Bay will be able to back him entirely and announce him as the starter, assuming Green Bay doesn't take a quarterback with pick 13, but we're not gonna even speak that into the universe or put that into the ether. But uh, this now allows Green Bay to transition officially to Jordan Love and it's going to be really fun and exciting one way or the other to see what Jordan Love is officially capable of and what he can do as the starter of the Green Bay Packers. And let's just be real. This is a brand new Green Bay Packers team. It's a new Green Bay Packers roster with a new quarterback. This is going to be a massive change. And maybe one of the last things I'll say here is that it needed to be a massive change. We saw as far as the Rodgers-Adams thing was going to go. It topped out in the NFC Championship game and back-to-back seasons with 13 wins in back-to-back-to-back seasons. They won two playoff games in those three years with Devontae and Aaron. And they tried trading away Devonte, kind of kicking off a little bit of a rebuild by trying to keep things together, but still trying to get younger. We saw how that went just with Aaron at quarterback and not all the pieces that he needed around him. It was eight and nine. You didn't even make the playoffs. This needed to be a change. There clearly needed to be a change in direction. And I know a lot of people would have rather have seen that be Goody or Matt LaFleur or Joe Barry or anyone not named Aaron Rodgers. And that would have been the last move that they would have made. And I understand where you might be coming from. This has not been a well-oiled machine in Green Bay over the past couple seasons. But I think with you, listen, if you fire Goody, you don't get anything in return. If you fire Matt LaFleur, you don't get anything in return. If you fire Joe Barry, you don't get anything in return. You trade Aaron Rodgers, you get to move to Jordan Love and you get a second round pick, a future potential first round pick, a pick swap in the first round, etc. in return. Like there is a legitimate, re- and you get $60 million more in salary cap space. There are a lot of wins in trading away Aaron that weren't necessarily there if you moved in a different direction. And as I've mentioned before, this now is an ultimate evaluation season for Matt LaFleur, for Brian Gutekunst, for Joe Barry. Those guys are, I wouldn't say that LaFleur and Gutekunst are on the hot seat. Certainly Joe Barry is, but now it starts to heat up, right? But I will say this. If you're Brian Gutekunst, you know what this means. You know that Aaron Rodgers is a potential ticket to the playoffs and a potential, like is just job security, right? Brian Gutekunst knows what trading him away means. Matt LaFleur knows what that means. That means things will start to heat up, that if they don't perform, that if this deal doesn't work out, that if Jordan Love doesn't work out. The heat is all on specifically Goody, but certainly on Matt LaFleur a bit as well. If his offense can't work with somebody not named Aaron Rodgers, the heat will be on Matt LaFleur as well. So things start to pick up here. They know what this means. But if that's going to be the case, if you are going to ultimately be on the hot seat, one of the best ways to do it is by getting a phenomenal trade in return from the New York Jets and to be able to really start restocking talent with the second round pick you're getting this year, moving up to pick 13, and then with a potential first round pick next year as well. I cannot believe that Goody was able to get that much from the Jets. I am extremely happy that he was. This is a monumental day for the Green Bay Packers. It is a franchise-altering decision that the Packers have made. We knew it was coming, but it doesn't change just how much this decision ultimately meant. And now we are going to see what this Green Bay team looks like sans Aaron Rodgers. And that could be painful for a lot of people, and it could be painful for the Packers moving forward. We don't know what that's going to look like. But It's a new page. It's a new chapter. I, for one, am incredibly excited to see how this is going to play out one way or the other. We're going to learn a lot about this franchise. We're going to learn a lot about Jordan Love, a lot about Brian Gutekunst, a lot about Matt LaFleur, and a lot about this entire team as a whole. But this was a start and you could not have a better start to the post Aaron Rodgers era, at least unless they traded him last year. You could have asked for anything better at this point in time than from what... Green Bay was able to get in return for Aaron Rodgers from the New York Jets. A huge huge trade for Green Bay, a massive franchise altering moment. We'll have a lot more on it as this week progresses, but this is clearly massive news. And again, I can't say it enough. I think Brian Gutekunst did a tremendous job. Quick aside, Aaron Rodgers will wear number eight for the New York Jets. Make of that what you will. It'll certainly be a little bit weird, not only seeing him in a Jets uniform, but seeing him don a different number, at least a different number that he's had since uh, he wore number eight in college. That's going to do it for me right now. Like I said, there's going to be a ton more on Aaron Rodgers as a member of the New York Jet as we go through this draft week. It is going to be a crazy week. It is already a crazy week. Buckle in, cannot wait for it. Make sure to hit subscribe if you're not subscribed here already. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.